Hey guys, welcome back to your podcast edition. This is our afternoon session. Our afternoon tea session. Okay, and then that that, that works too. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> today our our t- uh, today's hot topic is um, about uh, in light of what's been happening in our world around us. We just want to have a discussion about um, anti-blackness in the Asian American community, um, especially within immigrant families, mm-hmm. as there's something we both have experience and background in. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> as, oh, just before, like, my parents came from, one of my parents came from China, the other came from Vietnam. Um, for me, both of my parents came from Hong Kong. Yeah, so, um, obviously this is a little more East Asian community, but in general, uh, this is like, yeah, where we come from. So we just want to dig into why our community has these, uh, has the sentiment, uh, anti-blackness, and real, like, thinking about it, realize there's, like, a lot of different aspects. It's not just, like, one thing. One thing, like, one main reason. Just a whole bunch of different yeah. things. I mean, like, also racism, but kind of what builds into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, one of those is that is that um, our parents come from, or, like, a lot of immigrants from East Asia come from what we call a homogeneous community. I think maybe you've heard that word. It's kind of like where everybody is, is the same, right? It's like... It looks the same, acts the same, same speaks beliefs, the same. Yeah, the too, language yeah. is the same, so often experiences are similar. So, especially when you see someone who, like, you, like, my parents grew up, like, not knowing what, like, anyone else looked like, just like her, other than pictures, oh. right? So when you move here, and you see people of different um, ethnicities, different skin color and uh, just like looking different than you then it's a bit striking right yeah and especially when you grow up in that community you hear some things about other communities especially like uh, African-Americans and even in um, Guangzhou where my uh, parents come from there's a lot of um, African merchants like mm-hmm. like people selling um, Especially electronics, surprisingly. Um, there's a lot of uh, Africans in Guangzhou, like especially where I live. But like obviously, there's more Asians. But <laughs> um, so they come here and they uh, like they grow up and they hear a lot of different things, and they don't know any of it, right? They just hear about it, so they grow up having this um, belief. Mm-hmm. I guess like another reason would be the term. I'm pretty sure you've heard of this, like, model minority, and that creates a wedge. So, model minority is basically a minority demographic that has a higher socioeconomic success, and unfortunately, this is used to pit minorities against each other. Like, I guess for us Asians, we're the model minority, right? Yeah. Especially East Asians. East Asians, yeah. Be like, oh, wow, you guys are so successful, you guys make, like, more money or whatever, in reality, it's not like a serendipity or anything like that. It's just because we, I guess, work hard. And this allows people to put us minorities against each other and point to other groups and say, oh, why can't you just be more like them? Which I think it, it, 
you kind of hear that a lot, right? Yeah. Even within our community. Oh, why can't you be more like your cousin who goes oh to med God. school or who started a club, <laughs> whatever. But like, it's not good for both of you, right? It's not good for either of us or for the pe- or the person that's like, yeah, trying to put like compare you two against each other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's like, it's not uh, like we didn't put model minority on us, right? Some society, our society, put the like name oh. Asians are model minority, but like you see how quick and they like kind of saw us in what we call good light, right? Oh, right. this is like what a model uh, minority should be, right? But then like you see how quick it turns around in the whole coronavirus, coronavirus thing, thing. Yeah. when that broke out, you saw lots of hatred, hatred against Asians. Oh, like we're dirty. We eat like dogs and cats and whatever. Like yeah. you kind of, it's like a lot of underlying racism. Yeah. Oh, and another with, like, model minority, affirmative action. Um, so affirmative action, do you want to explain? Oh, wait. Well, yeah. So recently, my mom made me attend a, like, a live info session about, like, so California doesn't actually allow affirmative action mm-hmm. uh, because there was a law that said there could be no, like, kind of, dis- no, uh, like, everyone... I don't know how to explain it, but recently there's a law that's being passed or trying to be passed that said, like, we should promote um, minorities and women, especially women of color, in the workplace and for college, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, like, leading into what affirmative action is. So, of course, affirmative action was passed um, to help minorities, like, back then, and lots of Asians supported it, right? Because it got us into college, got us into workplaces, right? Mm -hmm. However, nowadays, since Asians are what we call dominating <laughs> the college, um, like especially elite colleges, you see that like there's a lot of backlash. Oh, there's too many Asians at this college, right? Or like, and lots of Asians think that uh, now affirmative action is hurting them or us, right? Yeah. There are a lot of scandals about this, right? Yeah, especially like Harvard, like <laughs> yeah. that affirmative action case where they were thinking that um, Asians, like, there were too many Asians, so they had to cut it close. And a lot with, like, you hear stuff about how a lot of the Harvard admissions officers, like, wrote, oh, like, just like any other Asian. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> That's not and how you do that. That's how you do your job. And... That's, like, a lot of, now a lot of that, they're like, oh, now, like, these affirmative actions law are making way for other minorities now. Lots of Asians are feeling, oh, I don't support this, like, um, affirmative action mm-hmm. because now it's hurting us and helping the other minorities. Like, it's no longer helping us. So that's a lot also where that sentiment can come from. Mm-hmm. And so this is recent history, but... I mean, there's a lot of also past history. Another reason would be the riots in L.A. I'm pretty sure a few of you know about this. Mm-hmm. So in 1992, this man named Rodney King was savagely beaten by por- four police officers after a high-speed car chase because he was, I think, driving under the influence. The officers were charged, but they were found not guilty, and because of this, this resulted in... Five days of rioting, which killed more than 50 people, caused over a billion dollars in damage, and injured at least a thousand people. And for that, 
for those um for that one billion dollars in damage at least half of that was sustained by korean-owned businesses this is because clashes between minorities were already established so this riot kind of gave them an outlet to do whatever they wanted right Another one of the reasons for the outlets was that a Korean store owner shot and killed a 15-year-old girl named Latasha Harlan for allegedly stealing juice. However, when she was found dead, she was actually already holding the money to pay for the juice, so it turns out she was pretty much shot over nothing. And I guess that created even more um, tensions between the races. And a final reason for the riots was that the police in LA were already racially discriminatory, so they didn't exactly find the time and effort to find like criminals that were colored. Instead, they just kind of picked people off the street and said, like, oh, you were basically the one that um, committed this crime, even though a ton of them were innocent. So that led to even more attention. And I guess this is all built into what we know about the LA riots today. Yeah, I hear a lot, but, like, I'm kind of, like, I heard there's a lot of tension, but, like, they, that, that that was bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was that bad, but. um, So those are, like, kind of some, build, that, like, builds up into that um, anti-blackness sentiment in the um, Asian American community, and that kind of manifests, manifests itself into, like, a lot of habits that, uh, we see today. Yeah, right. we see today. Um, things like the N-word. A lot of young Asian American guys, specifically, use the N-word. And in Bay Area, it's like... I hear it a lot circulating around our schools, right? I don't hear it, but really? I, I hear... I don't hear it. I hear about it sometimes, but I know that it's an issue, and that's like... Like when you think about that, you, um, it it's kind of a, a manifestation of this type of yeah. Like sentiment. it's embracing the culture without. Well, it's wrong either way, but it's like a lot of that. Like you're embracing, you're liking that uh, like black culture and not respecting the black community. Like we understand if you like or. I guess kind of respect like, like the the music, culture. The, like the culture, but those are like it's but you not can't just acceptable. violate that kind of that kind of culture at the same time, right? Yeah, and also a lot of our own bias of colorism. Colorism is a huge issue in East, especially in East Asian. East Asia, South East Asia, South Asia. Um, cause uh, East Asians and actually a lot of Asians kind of have a in our society we value pale skin. Too much. Right. Way too, too much. much. Right. This huge like whitening the like the whitening beauty industry is booming in Asia. I remember there was like recently a scandal or something about how there was this Indian influencer, I think, who posted about like, oh, Black Lives Matter. But people immediately called her out saying, Oh, well, this is just like for publicity because you're the one that's publicizing all of these um skin whitening creams and stuff like that um, so you're really just doing this for attention I and see. there's this whole issue about that online yeah because specifically like um uh it's the same especially i don't know about like it's hard with east asia but i know like south asia so like around india and in some cases south like 
uh, uh, yeah, especially India and Africa, they have like a huge anti, uh, like not anti, sorry, whitening beauty industry based on like your uh, Western imperialism. Those were two mm-hmm. big places where like uh, the European countries had um, kind of colonized over and started a new um, kind of a standard of beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And that translates itself into like, Oh, dark skin, you hear a lot of, like, sometimes I've heard stories where people are like, dark skin is not good, right? Yeah. Like, when you have dark skin, that's not good. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but um, I've heard, like, views about this, but some people say that, like, oh, like, light skin means that you're higher on the socioeconomic class. Yeah, yeah. Like, a s- standard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did some research. I wrote an essay on this. Like, lots of women, especially women, got, um, like put a lot of uh, whitening products on, got procedures done to be more pale because that offered you the opportunity to get hired more, to marry better. Like, right, right. It, everything in your life depended on your skin color. Mm-hmm. And so if you were um, dark-skinned, then, like, that, those opportunities didn't allow for you to grow. Right to actually just be a like a normal human being, just very limited. Right? It's just yeah. like limited opportunities to like, uh, get, like to have, opportunities. I guess yeah. in, like in your country, mm-hmm. and so, like those are some habits that, like internalized habits and externalized habits at the same time that mm-hmm. can, uh, reflect, that anti blackness. Right. In our community. Oh, like, from what we think, at least. Yeah, from our standpoint, from our views. Yeah. So, now that we've gone that, we want to talk about how to kind of, I wouldn't say fight, yeah, you could say, like, kind of push back against Push back against that sentiment. Uh Uh-huh. So, I guess one of the very important parts is to have conversations with your parents, because, I guess, that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, because... Again, this is from our own experience. Our parents are immigrants and um, have specific beliefs that, you know, like, we also, like, that kind of impacted us as well because mm-hmm. those are our parents, right? But we, like, by educating ourselves, we kind of see what's right and what's wrong. And it's, and, like, I mean... A lot of uh, what's right and what's wrong through, like, we learn through social media, we listen, and, like, one way that you can help your parents learn and listen, right, because they have trouble through social media, so (laughs) it's through conversation, right? Mm -hmm. We know it's hard, and they have trouble understanding, like, the concepts, the ways, so we have a little (laughs) walkthrough about, like, steps. Mm Mm-hmm. So first step is to have them understand and reflect on their own biases and beliefs. Obviously, they're not going to change right away because that's not how people work. But it's important to have them understand that, oh, what I'm believing is not necessarily morally correct, I guess. Or, like, there could be a better way to look at this type of situation Mm -hmm. instead of just having them continue to believe these kind of sentiments and, I guess, yeah, beliefs. Yeah. And the second is to be clear what racism is and how, kind of like the definition, and how racism is 
like it's systemic right it's mm-hmm. in the system in the it's like ingrained in the society in America's society right mm-hmm. so that's why a lot of like and like have to understand like uh, the history of oppression uh, well yeah history of oppression and racism in America and how reverse racism is not a thing especially like white racism yeah, sure. here like it's no. not a thing because the system the society works for white people it doesn't work the other minorities it works for white people and the third step is to talk about specifically the whole black lives matter campaign and once again talk about the history of racism for african americans in the united states and how oh and another thing talk about why all lives matter is not a thing it infuriates me when people actually like say like oh yeah black lives matter but why doesn't my life matter too especially when people that are higher in terms of like when people aren't looked down upon like i guess white people when they say that it's just not the right thing to say because it okay imagine if a house is burning right obviously you're going to help the house first because all the other houses are fine it's not like they're like on fire or anything like that so you're obviously going to help that burning house first in case like anyone gets hurt in it or like any damage is done right mm-hmm. same thing applies here the oppression and discrimination against black people has been going on for way too long and the whole campaign is about helping black lives and it's not about like oh everyone lives everyone's lives matter right mm-hmm that's just like a really really bad perception on this whole situation yeah and the last like it's not only just explaining what black lives matter is but it's also explaining why black lives matter i know this like seems a little uh oh oh, okay so when you try to convince someone to have a conversation you want to think of it in different perspectives right you want the person to understand in different as like in different ways right so you have to like try to explain to your parents why or discuss with your parents why black lives matters why that um the concept of that and the history of that matters to your parents as like um maybe like if you're listening like as an asian american or like if your parents are from asia right any like you have to make sure, like, like you won't, it's like, why does it matter to me, right? Especially, we're, right now, we're just going to talk about Asian Americans. I don't know if you haven't noticed, but, <laughs> like, this is kind of geared towards, like, yeah. your parents are, um, like, you, you're ethnically Asian. Mm-hmm. And so, one of them is that, I think, one line that I heard that kind of has stuck with me is, like, as long as one minority is fighting for equality, no mi- other minority is equal, mm-hmm. right? So if cases where, like, um, um, African-American are fighting for equality, we truly do not have the same rights as or uh, same standing as white people when another minority is fighting mm-hmm. for their rights. And this kind of goes into that model minority. So you hear model minority, but you also hear model minority myth. You explain that this is a good place to explain why it is a myth, right? Mm -hmm. Because like we said, 
it's a myth because it's not true. Uh, I mean, yes, uh, Asian women, uh, like Asian Americans, have higher socioeconomic status, but within that, there's also a lot of discrepancies. Yeah. And so, to think about it, like we were kind of like we said before, we were good in society, right? I'm doing this with a what they call it quotation. air quote quotation, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, you should be like this minority, the Asian minority, right? Uh And how quickly that sentiment turned when coronavirus hit, where Asians were suddenly now like dirty, like don't know what to do, like, and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And how, and in general, think about how that myth affects other minorities, right? If you're always being compared and pitted against each other, it's not good for both of you right and mm-hmm. this can apply to any other minority it's even like when if you explain it right when like like we said for parents oh you should be more like this person you should be more like that person that person is like they it's not good for both of you it's always best to like ignore that like or kind of fight against that oh this person's doing better than you yeah that kind of thing why can't you both do good it right? doesn't help anyone there's no it good that comes out of it yeah Obviously, that's a, um, what do they call it? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, not metaphor. It's like analogy. Analogy. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's analogy. But, like, it's the same. It, this myth affects other minorities, right? Mm-hmm. And so once we have that conversation, you kind of have to get that uh, your parents or guardians to understand. Again, it's not a one-time thing, right? If they're biased internal internalized biases you can't force them to change like you you can't force them you can't suddenly change it in one single conversation you can see helps them see things in a different light that helps them understand but it takes time and of course have this conversation as many times as you need right right doesn't have to be just once our last note about what parents can do is that have them call out racism whenever they're with friends and family because that's like important because it's in the roots right yeah i actually i was like i see that a lot like when i when i was much younger i didn't realize it now but like obviously i like continue to like learn listen educate myself but when i was younger when i used to i remember this conversation dinner conversation i mean i don't know why it stuck with me i mean i kind of know why it stuck with me (laughs) but um we were at a dinner table and we were with my grandparents and my aunt like from who lives in China and our family was with them and we were talking about black people and they said some uh, racist things I didn't like I obviously said oh like I told my dad like oh like why'd they say that that's not good um but I didn't do much about it I didn't call them out my parents didn't do anything I don't know. <laughs> but like you always learn like remember to always do that right even if it's mm-hmm. your family people can change and learn that's how you get or that's how you try to get everyone to change yeah at least and ask them to be aware of their own thoughts as well like consciously tell themselves like oh scold your subconscious or like quote unquote scold whenever <laughs> they talk about or like think about these types of like racist I guess beliefs and sentiments so then, that way they can hopefully begin to change their viewpoints and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. And sorry, I just want to say one other thing. Like I saw another. Sometimes Instagram quotes are pretty um, memorable, but mm-hmm. like it's like someone said. I think I I read somewhere that, um, um, like your first thought is who you, like, are currently, but your second thought is who you want to be. So if you have a first thought and. Like, it's kind of like your consciousness versus your subconscious. You have to tell yourself who you want to be all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of fix your mistakes. If you think one thing and you know that's not right, think about it again and think the in a different way, in a different way right? Yeah. And that's, like, how you can work towards kind of, like, getting your internalized biases, biases to, change. to change. Correct. Yeah, so that's it. We know this was really long. Um, <laughs> we, um, but I hope, thank you, as long as you're here, thank you for listening to this, mm-hmm. because you are here. Um, and um, for the whole Black Lives Matter movement, we will post links to petitions, guides, and funds so that you can help and donate and sign. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you gain something from our afternoon tea session. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.